We at Wisdom of the Wannabes are excited to announce our first ever live podcast. We will be having it at Twin Peaks in Waco, Texas. Dates are still being finalized, so stay tuned and enjoy the show. Yes! Hey, welcome back to Wisdom of the Wannabes. You got Alan. And Ryan. And as it is a three-day weekend, we figure some people will need some award-winning sports uh, information. So you probably have looked at ESPN first and come to us second. Nah. Or, or fifth. But uh, anyways, we did get that nice interview posted last week. I hope people uh, took a look at it. It was or took a listen to it. Pretty cool to visit the offices of college football playoff. Beardo, sorry you didn't get a chance to see it, but uh, I tell you that's one of the that's a really cool office. Oh, I bet it is. I bet it you is. know, it's got it had the uh, you know game ball surrounded by the four helmets from you know everybody that was in the finals. And then that big trophy was sitting there in the case. And I was like, I just can't be that, you know, cheesy to go and take a picture of it. Well, so I took one picture of it over my shoulder so it didn't look that bad. Well, there's some, uh, 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 like, beneath the helmets where there are a couple of, like, rally towels with Baylor and TCU logos on them or any sort of, uh, there are some coasters. Maybe, maybe a there. sock, like a purple and white sock. Nah, it, it was uh, – I was surprised that the. I think when he was done with my interview, he was heading out to um, a like alumni association dinner at, in Fort Worth for TCU. I was like, "Are you sure that you need to be going out there?" <laughs> I can't think of a less popular man, but uh, you know, I guess by now bygones or bygones, and the past is the past. I will say, it looks like TCU in the grand scheme of things is. Yeah, they. I think uh, Patterson's right. You got to move it to eight, and uh, you know, I just Bryles is going to keep scheduling these sissy schools that we can start breaking down here. I'm sure the college pubs start coming out probably uh, next month, based on information from two months ago. So uh, we can start talking college football before too long. I'm getting excited. Yeah. Well, it'll uh, it'll be here before you know it. Well, as we, uh, you know, we we missed or we had the draft and um, then this little issue called Deflate Gate, um, which if I can find it, I will post to uh, the the site. I don't know. Have you found the auto tunes of Tom Brady talking about his balls? No, no. I it's, yes, I keep auto tune bits. Yeah, I, 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 I yes, I have heard it a little bit. It uh. I thought that was funny, but all right, let's just start off. Let's. What's your take on this whole thing? Um, well, it's all really ridiculous and unfortunate, and it has the air of, you know, Watergate. How so? Uh, well, where the... The cover-up's more yes. important than the crime? Yeah, like... All right, the, now I'm picking up what you're putting down. So, the, I mean, the, the at the end of the day, I think the... Um, you know, that was all sweet and touching and Robert Kraft, you know, coming out and not appealing it. And it, But it's like, you know, at some point you look at the like, like, let's say, for example, the well, the when when the tech two knuckleheads were texting and one of was deflator, he was talking about losing weight. And it's like, do you really expect anybody to believe that? I'm kind of curious, you know, because I'm sure his attorneys or the attorneys that represent the New England Patriots. Patriots aren't cheap. 
So you already got popped for a million dollars, and yet you had a, a, an entire firm, let's say, you know, come up with a 20,000 word response. You built a website and you took the time to do this. I mean, you just wasted probably a couple hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Now, granted, money to craft is probably uh, completely different than it is to you and I, but I was surprised that, you know, he that he had folded the week before. Then he came back in really hardcore with all this pseudoscience and the misinterpretation of the text messages and the fact that Tom Brady, you know, in his testimony, I guess, or I'm sorry, not testimony, but I guess questioning, didn't seem to know at least one of the athletic, you know, trainers or whatever. Um, Yet the guys have been with the team for 20 years. That's what I was, you know, kind of surprising to me is that these aren't like ball boys. There's nothing. These are equipment managers, and the Patriots have done the razor's edge between legal and illegal for years. Yeah, well, you're absolutely, you know, one point on the Robert Kraft and the, you know, the money and lawyer fees and all that stuff, it's like, I think at that point, you probably have these guys retained anyway. Um, Well, right. So... And and no and a lot of it too is that there's a big pride factor, right? I mean, like that's that's you know you get billionaires arguing over shit. They're going to go to court for much longer than the average Joe would, and I, so there's that piece of it. But my whole thing with the whole you know defense, and I think it's all a facade. Maybe this will go from four games to two games, but you know at the end of the day, there's nothing about the defense of the Patriots. That is believable. And the whole the, the bigger frustrating frustrating part is, well, two two big frustrating pieces are number one, I why did it take so long? And number two, to not have conclusive results. And number two, um the like this is so stupid. Like this is so stupid. Like the 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 like we're what we're talking about here is like who cares? Yeah, yeah, like who cares? And, and it's not like it, it's just a matter of if this was Ryan Fitzpatrick, it it, it would be a okay. Here's a fifteen thousand dollar fine and uh, one or two game suspensions. Yeah, and, and well, I think it, the, it's just you know the continued um, mismanagement of the league by Goodell. Uh, anything that would take this long to get done. That magically didn't come out until after the draft, because if it had come out the week of the draft, then, you know, people would demand, well, why aren't you taking their pick this year, yada, yada, yada. Um, I think Goodell is so just, I, I don't know what you want to call it, just not aware of his surroundings. Yeah. He's going to, since it's being appealed by him, um you know, usually in the past, it was always you could take whatever the original uh, suspension was and divide it by half. Right, right. But somehow I got an idea that maybe it just goes to three games, and that becomes a huge factor for the Cowboys, actually, because that means Brady's back when their game comes around. Yeah. But, um, yeah I mean, that's... I think he's going to stick to his guns on this, and I think Kraft is, may have. I think Brady may have, you know, actually done the typical deal. He lied to Kraft, and Kraft went all in with his support, and then was like blindsided a little bit. Yeah, it's. I mean, it 
again, the whole thing's silly, and it makes and it the whole thing makes Tom Brady look so much worse. And you know, I, I don't dislike him, but you know, it, it's at the end of the day, it's like hand over your cell phone, like yeah, come on, and and you know, and then and even Wells told his attorneys. You take his cell phone and look into it and just come through it and give me anything that's relevant to this. And they yeah. still wouldn't do it. And so, you know, I see little things like that. And I'm like, you know, this is the Nixon-esque part of all this. Like, you, yes, you did. You you did it. You you had some sort of communication about it. But, you know, at the end of the day, I still – another big piece of it that I look at is the uh, – Anderson, maybe the head attorney uh, – uh, excuse me, official – uh, uh, for the players' association. No, the referee at the game. Oh, the head official it. at the game that particular game against the Colts, who evidently was you know Colts GM, like tipped them off that hey, this is look out for this. And yeah, I, I don't know that that was just a. I think that was a. I don't think the guy is incompetent. You know, if he's an NFL official, he's probably pretty professional and good at his job. But I think that itself speaks to the air of we don't really give a shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it. at the end of the day, would any of the games have turned differently? No. no. Not one bit. Uh, now, would some of the games, if you look over the lifetime of, you know, Tom's career, if he's been messing with the balls, you know, yeah, you've probably got a couple less TDs and more interceptions. Because I do think that these guys are used to a certain thing. But then again, it's also coming from a uh, – You'd prefer to play with it, but you can play with whatever else, you right. know. So, right. I think this is, uh, a, I think, you know, partly it's also going to be Tom's one of the golden boys. Right. If he's in trouble, then you have to hit him just as hard as you've hit everybody else so that there is no favoritism and that's going to work against Tom somewhat. Well, so, again, I think this is something that the players have to you know, make sure as a part of the next CBA is that the commissioner, regardless of who it is, cannot be the guy that is the arbitrator right. for any stuff. Right. That's not, you can't have No, that. no, that, that's totally true. But, you know, they, but they can't bitch about it either. And that's, that's frustrating. But, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, Tom Brady's going to go in there and do nothing but try and say, here's a flaw in the report, here's a flaw in the report, here's a flaw in the report, instead of going in and say, here's exactly why I'm not guilty. And I think that's why any reduction in games, like you say, is going to be one or none. I'm sorry? You think it's going to go down to one or none? I think the reduction. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I guarantee you, you're right. And uh, so, yeah, I, I would say let's – I think it's an 80% chance that uh, he has – Three games. Yes, I I I would say almost a five percent chance of them keeping all four, uh, and then the rest of it's wild card. But hell, knowing Goodell, he'll you know stand by it and then see what the reaction is from the public, and then revise it and maybe send him out you know for an entire year, uh, just because he seems to have no idea what he's doing. Yeah, yeah except making a ton of money for these guys. But then again, I think uh, your daughter or one of both my sons could manage this thing and make as much money. Yeah. They, you know, it's not tough. That's why he's, that's obviously why he's getting paid. He does, you know, he's employed by the owners to an extent, right? I mean, absolutely. No, he is employed. He is, I mean, he is representing, you know, the owners, um, 
interest and, you know, quite frankly, it keeps them out of the limelight and it keeps you from looking at, you know, the fact that one owner up in Ohio is, you know, selling a hundred something million dollar lawsuit brought against uh, his trucking industry. And another one, you know, didn't have, I mean, there's like a list of three or four owners there in a little bit of trouble. Uh It's kind of like, Hey, look at Goodell. Don't bother us. Right. So, Anyways, that was fun and all, but, uh, you know, getting back or getting into a little bit of something of substance, um, we had that draft and, you know, I think the funniest thing is you and I spent a good portion of it talking about the fact that if I was, you know, Tennessee or, you know, or actually I was hoping Tampa Bay would go with Mariota and, you know, you sit there and the Titans have been pretty much the entire time saying, we're going to take Mariota if he comes to us, unless there's a ridiculous offer. Right. And there just wasn't much of an offer there. No. Well, I, I think too, it's a combination of, there was so much, not necessarily quarterback value, but so much value in other areas that, you know, the teams that even were quarterback needy, you know, you've only got your, you know, your two and then the distance between the third, you know, two and the rest was was quite large. But there was a whole lot of really good pass rushers and a whole lot of really good defensive backs and a whole lot of really good running backs. And so I think that teams were like, well, I'm not going to bet the bank to go try to get one of these two quarterbacks yeah. when I can go get a hell of a pass rusher um, that I can develop and build a defense around that that, that kind of shapes the board versus, you know, these years when you got four or five, six potential um, Hall of Famers coming out. Now, this one was certainly more of a, you know, a rusher and receiving draft, uh, at least the first round. Um, I'll tell you, man, it, it just didn't have really a whole hell of a lot of drama for me. No, there was uh, some, uh, the, I think there was some little, you know, the, the, the drama things that I saw were like some of the subtle ones, the, um, the uh, you know, the Rams – Picking, you know, this is kind of a deferred one, but the Rams picking Todd Gurley and then like two days later yeah. trading Zach Stacy to the Jets, which is interesting on a couple of levels. Um, but uh, but yeah, you, I mean, you're, you're right. I think it was pretty straightforward, but I think there were a lot of like, hey, man, some teams had some really good drafts. And, you know, the, obviously the Cowboys are the first one. I'm not a huge Cowboys fan, as you know, but man, they came out, you know, high risk but a sky-high reward potential. You know, uh, I, I have to agree with you. The offensive line is just, I mean, ridiculously even better than it was. And, you know. Maybe one of the greatest maybe one of the greatest uh, draft coups or free agent, whatever you want to call it, draft slash free agent coups in the last 20, 30 years is how they got that Collins kid. Yeah, and you know, I feel sorry for that Collins kid because the Monday, you know, Monday morning quarterback article, Jesus, yeah, about everything that went down for that kid in that amount of time. That was crazy. And the stuff that you know, the way that the league handled it and the way that these guys, you know, are so gun-shy now because of well, Hernandez, right. Ray Rice, and some other ones. You know, I um, I can understand it, but then again, you know, it's just 
that's why the whole thing is that kid should have been able to pull out of the draft and go to the supplemental draft. Well, but here's the deal. Here's a counter to that. It's easy to say that now that we know there was no involvement, but at the time there was no certainty that there was no involvement. And you're right. And you don't want to reward a guy. You don't want to reward a guy. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I, I kind of like the fact that they didn't let it out. It's like, no, because then if we do it for you, what, when the hell do the exceptions stop? Um, and it was an unfortunate situation for him. He's going to be fine. I think he's getting 1.6 guaranteed. Uh, yes. I mean, he's and, getting better than all over it. And it's, I think, only a three year. Right. So he'll hit free agency two years earlier than he would have if he had been a first rounder with a four year contract with a team option to pick up in the fifth year. He's in a much better situation than had somebody drafted him in the sixth round. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And that was, you know, that was part of the article that I liked reading. And Oh, yeah. I know, loved it. It was a great story. Uh, and I'll put the link on it for anybody that's listening that hasn't been able to read it because it is uh, truly fascinating to watch how people work the system both on both sides of oh, it. Oh, yeah. And I think it's both, you know, the teams looking out for themselves, the agent looking out for their clients. But uh, This happens every year. You just don't see it in the, in the, in the format in the limelight like this because this is unique. Yeah. But this is like, I think, the day-to-day business in this business. Well, you know, the other thing that it's just like, boy, can you get kicked in the nuts more for a franchise is the uh, Fowler injury for Jacksonville. Oh, man. You know, that's another thing that, you know, I think another couple guys got hurt is these kids have been, you know, they got ready for the combine. And then they've taken some time off. And the first thing you do after you draft them is put them out in helmets and shorts, having them go full speed you know, or quote unquote, you know, 80%, whatever the hell that means. I can tell you, and you probably experienced it too, that, well, especially from a lineman standpoint, there's nothing worse than a practice in shorts and helmets because your knees and all that protection are gone. So you're just catching helmets left and right. And to see that guy go down before he signed his contract, I, I mean, good for the, you know, Jags being, you know, well, they had to honor it. If not, no one would ever do business with. Yeah, him. of course. And and this kid's a, a superstar. Yeah, you know he's he'll he, they'll he'll be fine. You know we we've seen this before. He'll be fine. Um, but yeah, man, I think the um, I think that was really tough. And another one, he wasn't drafted, but the Beetle, the uh, the offensive lineman of the Giants, are starting tackle towards pectoral muscle yep. today. Oh, yes, that's brutal. I saw that. Um, but you know, one other thing, just a note from the draft: uh, the it's amazing the NFC East. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. AFC East. Oh. I'm sorry. The AFC East. Uh, I was going to say, okay, yeah, that thing is all over the place now. This division is going to be so fascinating this year. I, that's a one one of the things, and obviously we don't see a whole lot of it here. But one of the things I'm most excited to follow is uh, that division because. Uh, they might be the best division in football if this all this stuff comes together on these teams, these new pieces. Well, okay, so I think that I like what the Jets have done with the personnel outside the fact that the quarterback is still, you know, as uh, yesterday, Chan Gailey, offensive coordinator, came out and called uh, Geno Smith the starter. 
uh, in contradiction to what his head coach has been saying. So that's always good. But everything else that they brought in, I think, looks fantastic. Uh, Buffalo, obviously, is going to be a completely different team, you hope, uh, than even though, I, I, you know, I think, again, it's quarterback, Manuel or Manuel or whoever is back there, mm-hmm. you know. EJ Emanuel, yeah. Yeah, I, he better, you know, get it together or they're going to sink again. And then – you talk about quarterback is Tannehill, who just got what ninety five, ninety six million dollars. Yeah, but with a less than five hundred record, that's shocking to me. Yeah, but here's the deal: the contract progresses as it goes, and like very little of it's guaranteed. Well, but still, I mean, the Dolphins just set a market for you know. Granted, it's a quarterback position, but. Now you've set a market for, let's call it, not the top 10 quarterbacks, but the 10 to through 20. That's really going to, I think, screw with some teams because I don't know why you do that. And then on the flip side, you let loose two of his best receiving options, you know, with uh, Wallace gone and Hartline. Um, they drafted I, that. They, they drafted. They did draft Devontae Parker, that Louisville receiver. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you are starting to see that the receivers coming out are actually having, at least you'll have three or four of them will have, you know, impact. Mm -hmm. Not, you know, Megatron numbers, but, you know, they can come out and make an impact. Uh, But that's, you know, again, you're you're giving up. Heartline, I was really impressed with just, and Wallace is phenomenal. That must be a personality issue. But uh, I, I think that, you know, to give all that money to that one position, I, I just don't get it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I agree. I think it's, a, it's certainly a contract that is um, – it's certainly a contract that is in sense him and, you know, motivate, is motivation for him uh, to go and get that money. And I think there's a team option after a couple of years. But, the, uh, but I know it goes to, like – like next year, I think they're going to give a five million, and then after that, it's like nine million, and then uh, you know, then it goes up to like eighteen million. So, but I think, but but they can cut them with very little, very little, like they're dead money. No, that's good. But yeah, but yeah, at the end of the day, all that being said, you're right. It's still a chunk of uh, salary cap that is going to make your life a little bit precarious and year two and three, if he is doing what he's doing right now. If yep. he stays exactly what he's doing right now, it's a very scary contract. If he does anything better, it's looking good for the next couple of years. They got to feel good about it. They got a good draft pick in that receiver. Um, and they obviously got in Domica Sue. That defense is going to be a ton better. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, Sue just changes the game. Um, and then, you know, talking about, the Texans, my Texans, I thought they did pretty good as well, not just in, you know, some of the things that they've done over the long haul, but they did chase after, you know, a receiver replacement. Uh, we They got a couple, but it's, you know, it was second-day picks, and they concentrated on the defense, which you've got to have against luck. Um, and the, <laughs> I'd say the 2000, or the Ots all-star team that they've put together. Yeah. Indianapolis with Gore and Johnson and I don't know who else did they pick up. Uh, it just seems like a ton. Yeah, they if that whole thing comes together, um, 
let me tell you something. That lookout. Well, yeah, they're all in in a very short amount of time because I well, I think, you know, you and I both have been amazed that Gore has lasted as long as he has. And he's still effective. Yes. And let's uh let I want to talk about the Cowboys, but since we're talking about Gore, have you ever seen a team just get gutted and dismantled as quickly as the 49ers? Uh, no, and I'll tell you what, that's another team that I'm really fascinated to watch because they have to be very, very careful because I truly believe they are very close to going into a downward spiral that will be very difficult to climb out of. Oh, I, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, this is – this looks like a planned, you know, hey, what do we have to do as a family to invest in order to get ourselves a new stadium and then immediately focus on, you know, profit or anything else? Because, I, I mean, running off Harbaugh, getting rid of all these players, and then also getting hit by injury and retirement. Yeah. I, I, this. I think Jacksonville may be able to take on the 49ers, to be honest, and, and be, you know, have a good fight because it looks ugly right well, now. Well, and I'll tell you what, who, you know, you, who I worry about, or, and, you know, I use that loosely, is, uh, you know, Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a whole lot more around him, and nope. he needs players around him to make, not, not to make him look good because he definitely has skills and has talents, but he is not the kind of quarterback who's going to put a team on his back and go. He is a sort of a, hey, if we have really good pieces uh, here and here and here, he can really bring it all together. So drafting Blake Bell to take over for Vernon Davis doesn't do it for you? No, no. I, I, I think you're right. That this, I think that the fall that they're going to see, especially in the division where um, Seattle's not getting any worse, uh, St. Louis, if I'm not mistaken, is in that division. They are- yeah, St. Louis is in it, but again, I don't believe in Fisher, and I think that you know, I do believe in Foles. So there's that. But um, man, they I tell you what though, they've they've gotten better since they get there. If they can keep this, if they can keep Foles healthy and keep him in those games, and Todd Gurley is as advertised, man, I think they're going to force to be reckoned with. Hell, that was a pretty good division. And then, you know, Arizona. And Arizona, too. Huh? And Arizona, Yeah, and too. Arizona, you know, they, they went and got a, you know, they did the, the, the smart first, not the flashy, the smart first-round move and getting O-line. Um, but they, man, they're close. They're on the close. They're on the brink of kind of like falling off, but they can also, like, keep keep playing tough. So, And they're getting Palmer back. Yeah. And, you know, no, I mean, that you talked about on one side that, the AFC East should be entertaining, and, you know, the NFC West – or, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, yeah right. the NFC West. Now those 3 o'clock games that used to be kind of worthless are really good. Yeah, well – And I think, you know, I'm hoping to get up to Seattle for one of those. And that, I'll tell you what, but, one more thing on this. Don't sleep on the – and when I say this, don't mistake this for I'm picking them to win at all. I'm saying – don't sleep on the Oakland Raiders being a bottom feeder. Uh, you'll have to get over a lot of culture there. No, you're I, mean, right. I, I think you're right, but I, but I, man, they've on paper and 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 results, they're 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 putting together a nice little team here. I'll give you that. I mean, I, I like where they're heading. The last two drafts, you know, have been pretty well for them. I just, you know. 
until the Davis family, you know, is no longer involved with that, I uh, I don't have much faith. I, I thought there would be a change after Al passed away, but um, yeah, I'm really not seeing it to be honest with you. Yeah, the uh, I I can totally understand that. I'm I'm being optimistic, but you know the. Um, you know, they added some, they got Michael Crabtree. Um, they, yeah, hopefully he'll be the only thing that sucks though, is everything you hear about these guys is literally, that is a franchise that almost is stuck in the seventies. Like SI did a great article when, uh, you know, the sun took over and it was talking about like, you go out there and their track for their own athletes was that pea gravel crap from middle school. Yeah. Like not even a real field. They don't have a dietitians. They don't do this. And I'm like, Hey, it's great for Crabtree to be a Raider. That's kind of cool. But man, that guy's not been healthy and going to a place that doesn't seem to believe in the latest, you know, uh, ways to get your players healthy and on the field. That concerns me to be honest with you, but you know, he's kind of a vet now, and Carr's coming into his second year. Uh, I can't believe I'm supporting a car. Amari Cooper, but, they drafted that. Yeah, and Amari's going to be, uh, you know, God, that's just a hell of a And he, game. and the, uh, who's the guy they drafted out of Buffalo, that linebacker last year? Oh, um. That dude's badass. Yeah, yeah. I think he I was can't. a pro bowler. Oh, I'm sure he was. Uh, I want to get to it before too long, but uh, yeah, Khalil Mack. Yeah, Khalil Mack. That dude's a stud. Um, he's a stud, and he's a good one to have. So yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I don't doubt any of that. What you're saying, I don't dispute that. The I'm just saying, for, it's for the first time in a while you can say, "Wow, Derek Carr showed promise." Hey, they picked up Michael Crabtree, who's not a superstar, but he's a good, formidable number two receiver. They drafted this linebacker, ended up being a great pick. They just got the best receiver in the draft. It's like, hey, here's three years or so of putting shit together that they haven't strung together in like two decades. The only concern, I think, that, you know, outside the institution, the culture is they're in a tough division. Oh. I mean, because I think. You know, it looks like maybe San Diego finally solved the running back problem, I think, um, you know, because it's been – what was it last year? Ryan Matthews and uh, – God, what's that kid's name? Um, Woodhead. Oh, yeah, Danny Woodhead. And, you know, it's just – it was kind of a who's who type of deal. But now, you know, didn't they get Gordon? Yeah, Melvin Gordon. That – I know I've got concerns because he's a Big Ten running back, but man, I'd have to think that that's a really good signing by them. Well, it's it, he certainly well he certainly has game, and he certainly has proven to have game, and you know be one of the elite players on the field when he's playing. Um, you know, San Diego is just one of those where it's I put I've, I've just, just get to L.A. so we can get it or over with. Whatever, but just like God, they're always like right there and. But they, you know, they play with the Broncos, who I think have about one, maybe two years, but legitimately this one year. Um, you know, in all reality, when you look at that division, you know, think about it. Chargers, Raiders, uh, Broncos, and Chiefs. Chiefs are always tough. You know, playing at Arrowhead's never easy. I don't care how good or bad they are. And Jamal Charles is still, last I checked, one of the best players. But, it, I mean, it, it's tough, but I think – you know, like you say on Oakland, it's, you know, I look at Oakland and San Diego, and I don't think those two teams are very far apart. You know, I, I think, well, I swear San Diego was in the playoffs two years ago, or hell, 
was no, it wasn't this year, but the year before, yeah, they were in They it. were wild card. Yeah, so I mean, I would say there's a big gap between them and Oakland. I think between Kansas City and Oakland, there may not be, and that's unfortunately. Um, you're right; it's a great place to play, but I think that they, you know, they just have a, a weird kind of receiving core and Alex Smith, kind of his noodle arm, and the fact that they didn't have a wide receiver score a touchdown for 16 games. Yeah, that's crazy. That's just shocking to me. Well, but I, I think, if I may, I think if you'll check that in the last three to four years, we'll call it four years, Kansas City's been to the playoffs as many times as San Diego has. Yeah, no, you're right. They were nine and seven last year, so they tied San Diego, and you know, I, I think that they've got something. I, I just don't know what. Well, but, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not picking them to break through or anything. I just they're they're a tough team. It's one of those teams that you know what they're not going to make a lot of noise in the tournament. They're not going to compete for championships, but nobody ever wants to play them on any given Sunday. Oh, I'd agree with you. I'd agree with you there. Um, let's, you know, you'd complimented the Cowboys. Uh, I think they did an exceptional job, except for one glaring little problem, running back. They do not have a running back. Yeah, right but now. you know what, man? Here's the deal. I'm not worried about the running back position for them personally. You know, if they could do a three three running back come at, by committee, I still think they're going to – Chris Johnson will be on the Dallas Cowboys before the summer camp start. I feel confident about that. They're going to do a running running back by committee, and they're going to put up like 1,700 rushing yards spread across four guys, and they'll be fine. You don't you look at the teams, you know, Marshawn Lynch being the exception, and even he, you know, wasn't the MVP of the Super Bowl team, but like, yeah, because they forgot to hand it to him. Well, right, but I, I mean, my my point is, is the you go back to all these Super Bowl winners, and none of them. It's not like Adrian Peterson, and you know, I know Ray Rice with you know w- was also like a great back, but he was just yep. as much of a, a good receiving back as he was a running back. But you know, there's not a whole lot of instances where it's the running back driven team, a la Peterson on the uh, on the on the Vikings. Those aren't the teams that are winning Super Bowls. If you've got a good quarterback and you've got a good defense, you have a chance to win the Super Bowl. You know, Shane Vereen and LeGarrette Blunt won the fucking Super Bowl this year as a running back. Yeah, you know, I'll give you that, but I also think that you have to have a at least a one running back, you know, like somebody that scares people or can do it. And I don't think Darren McFadden is that. Maybe I'm wrong because he's been buried, you know, uh, in Oakland. But, you know, when you've got – and I'm not saying DeMarco was the right answer, but you've got to, you know, address it. And I think a committee of Darren McFadden, Joseph Randall, Lance Dunbar, and Ryan Williams is just not a healthy deal. That's why they had Ben Tate and Felix Jones, you know, working out today, which Ben Tate, wow. Um, way to, you know, use that for uh, – you know, get out of Arian Foster's shadow just to completely disappear. That was a good call. Yeah, and you know what? Just go sign Chris Johnson. Well, I don't think you want to because Chris Johnson still thinks that he is worth that money, and I don't see his legs on it. I think. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. I don't think you should pay him outrageous. I think you should pay him as close to the minimum as you can get without, you know, getting crazy. But 
I, I just I think that you your offensive line was really good last year, and and now it's arguably better. Um, you know, I'm I'm not going to go out here and say Demarco Murray's not that good. It was the offensive line why he was so good. No, I don't believe that. He's a really good running back, but you know. When you're playing behind a really good offensive line, it makes your offense coming together a hell of a lot easier. And I just – I don't think that the – I think with the changes that they've made on their offensive line, you know, and even fortifying their defense, which affects your offense, you know, I think that they have made life a lot easier to where, you know what, I don't need a premier back. I can do this by committee and win a lot of football games in a division that is questionable at best right now. Well, you know – Jerry has put his chips into the pool where you are of, you know, anybody can do it. But Jerry's also the one that said any one of 50 guys can coach this team to a Super Bowl. And uh, he's kind of been missing out for a while. Yeah. Well, I am kind of curious. I think that they've made tremendous strides. And I think that, you know, outside of the Greg Hardy signing, it seemed like things had really changed for them. Uh, as far as, you know, taking chances on character guys, yada, yada, and signing guys that are, you know, at the peak of their performance and money demands. I just don't know. You know, I think that part of the success last year is because you could get those tough yards with that line and with that running back, because you've seen terrible running backs with great lines. Yeah seeing great running backs with terrible lines, you know, it's got to work together, yeah. but. Well, you're right about that. You're, you're right about that. I, uh, you know, I, I've got optimism. I, I give the Cowboys the last two or three years, a lot of credit. I think they've had great drafts, you know, now we'll see if Greg Hardy's like beating chicks up, you know, at, you know, halfway through the season in the parking lot, then, you know, all of a sudden it's going to, we're going to be whistling a much different tune, um, you know, but I'd like, to think that there is every you know resource available to ensure that he's kept clean, his nose is kept clean, and they are protected. A la, if this guy goes off and has an incident, we can cut ties with him without yeah. without any no, loss. I think the the teams are structuring the contracts in the right way. Yeah, and uh, you know, again, Hardy was something that I don't think that a lot of fans are happy about, but. You know what? Uh, see what happens if he gets a couple of sacks. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. As soon as he starts popping Eli Manning, you know, putting him into traction, I think people will forget about that. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of traction, because that's about the only way I'd watch most NBA games, you want to shift over and talk a little NBA that we have not touched on in a long, long time? Yeah, maybe over a year, probably. Um <laughs> Yeah, the uh, I'm I'm sitting here watching halftime of the Golden State. Wow, I just saw the score. Jeez. Well, I'll tell you that was throttling going on. Did what happened? Yeah, well, you know the Golden State blew a 16 point lead. Um, you know, here's the thing: just watching this game, and, and you know, Golden State's great. I I I personally believe that this particular series, just jumping into this series, um, it. I told you earlier, I think if it goes six games, I'll be surprised. I think it's Golden State in four or five, probably five. Um, but, man, I'll tell you what, what I see, like when they're clicking, I've never seen a team be able to just flip a switch and turn it on and go. And when they're clicking, man, they're clicking, but they also have a tendency to get real cute. And when they do that, they turn the ball over because they have probably 10-plus turnovers in the first half 
which is the only reason that Houston was stayed close in the first quarter. It's the only reason anybody who bet on the Rockets in game one won is because of the turnovers in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Did you see that that possession by Ariza when he got the turnover, saved it, dished it back to Jet, and then Jet, you know, gave it back for that three? That was some of the most impressive basketball I've seen in a long time. And that was just, you know – hey, the game's almost over, but let's do our damnedest to try here. Well, and it's amazing what happens when you move the ball. And, you know, as we're talking about this, the second half just started and Golden State threw the ball away. And, I mean, this is not like somebody making killer different defensive plays. These are guys making sloppy passes, driving in the lane, not really knowing what's going on, make lazy passes. But it's crazy because they, they're the best team in the league. They have been all year. They play so well. Um, they just, you know, they have a tendency to get go laps and get soft. You know, the thing that Houston does is they'll play a little bit more physical, and that is not Golden State's game. That's well, Golden State's game. I think you you have to give it the Rockets a huge amount of credit. Sure, there. absolutely. From a franchise that kind of lost any sense of identity outside of having, you know, the big Chinaman, um, they built a hell of a roster really quickly. Yeah, and I don't like Howard, but it seems like here he fits. You know, uh, he doesn't have to deal with really, you know, carrying a lot of load like he had to in L.A. You know, and dealing with Kobe or being the man in Orlando because this, you know, this is Harden's team. It seems like no doubt about and it. You think everybody's happy with their roles? Well. Here's the thing that's frustrating to me about Dwight Howard is here's a guy who comes in and demands max contract, max dollars, and who, if, you know, all I imagine is, God, what if you could take, like, the whole fire and soul of, um, yeah, the, the Rockets are just laying it on. Like, they're just punishing them now. You know, they, they were down, went on that big, like, 16-0 run, and now they're up by three. Uh, Golden State has yet to score. But anyway, I, I think about like if Dwight Howard had the the fire of Kevin Garnett or you know Shaquille O'Neal in his prime, it's like this dude could be so much more dominant than he is, and it absolutely makes me crazy. It makes me so crazy, and that's why I dislike him so much. Is he's so passive, you know? And, and, and Tim, Duncan, I mean, you watch him on the bench, and he is passive. But I think you know. That, I think they're okay with that somewhat here. Well, yeah, they, they've got a better team. You know, the Laker, the Orlando, he didn't have much around him. Of course, he did go to the finals one year, but yeah. they didn't have much around him. You know, the Lakers, they really didn't have much around him, and everybody was hurt. Um, but they, you know, I think that's why, you know, Kobe didn't like him is like, you know, dude. He didn't put in the work. Uh, yeah, work like I, could have been. And, Co- and Kobe for you know, Kobe's always put in the work. I have to give him that. Yeah, there's nobody in his career, you know, outside of Jordan and maybe LeBron who has worked harder, you know, I think than Kobe Bryant. But nevertheless, I, I think I give Houston a lot of credit. I don't think the, you know, I, I certainly don't think that the Clippers collapsed uh, per se because. There was a game seven, and Houston beat them wire to wire. But that game six collapse, that was a collapse. Yeah. And and when I say collapse, I don't, again, not to, collapse tends to take away from the team that won, and the Rockets deserve all the credit. But if the Clippers make four or five baskets in that stretch in game six, we're not talking about this. 
You know what I mean? Like, I I mean, four or five baskets and that's it in that stretch. And we're not talking about this. But you know what? Houston did. And that's why they deserve the credit. They went into game seven. They won big. Um, I don't think they got enough to get through this uh, Golden State team. Well, um, I'd like to have – I'd love to see that, you know, because we always said whoever wins the West wins it all. I don't know right now if that holds true if the Rockets get there. Um, I'm kind of curious about the East, to be honest with you, is, you know, when I was – the Atlanta turnaround is fantastic. And I guess you have to say the same thing about Cleveland, but we we know why Cleveland's happening. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta is, you know, man, they were a wreck. And now, you know, here they are, the best team in the East. Um, Grant, they just lost last night. But uh, I think right now I'm curious to see if LeBron can carry that team because there's so many injuries. Yeah, it's it's a great question. And they, you know, and I I feel the same way, you know, much like I felt like in this Houston series that, you know what, man, Houston really needed to win game two because I don't see, um, you know, of course I say this now and Houston's pouring it on. They're up by six now, but I I felt like Houston, if they weren't going to win game one, they sure as hell weren't going to win game two, but here we are. Um, but I felt like Cleveland's best chance was winning game. That's always, and that that's nothing like insightful or great. That's always the thing. If you go in, you always see the away team, especially when you get this deep in the playoffs, the away team always puts up a huge fight in game one because they know how important it is because carrying that energy over to game two and winning that is really tough. But, um, you know, I think that obviously the Cleveland has uh, LeBron, you know, Kyrie, you're absolutely right. You know, I think Kevin Love, that, I, that, that's not a marriage. That's not a long-term marriage. I don't think Kevin Love is there next year. No, Kyrie I'll Irving be. is banged up and he's really, really good. But the emergence of, you know, Homer moment for a second, Tristan Thompson, um, yep. That dude is a going to be a superstar, and I don't know if it's because he's got LeBron. It's probably a combination, but he is really his confidence is sky high. He's playing well, but he's got somebody like LeBron who's not only a great player but a great facilitator, and who can find these guys and make them better, get get them openings. You know, obviously when you got LeBron barreling in the lane, what do the defense do? They collapse. Um, the question is, is who's he going to dump it off to, and are they going to finish? And Tristan Thompson finishes every time. Um, they are going to be tough, but I think uh, t- pound for pound, top to bottom, if you will, Atlanta's a better team. Um, and I think usually that will win out in a seven-game long, seven-game series. But y- your question is, hits a nail on the head, is we know LeBron's great. Is he great enough to carry in a four-game or seven-game series? I don't think so. I think Atlanta comes out of this, and it's like the worst nightmare for the uh, for the NBA. Um, to have an Atlanta Hawks team that you know is pretty damn good that nobody can name any players on right now um, <laughs> against what, you know, can you, Oakland and Atlanta. <laughs> I mean, how funny is that? And, or Houston. Yeah. I mean, or, obviously Houston could certainly. I would love that just to listen to the, or actually just to read the Atlanta papers because, man, Josh Smith, is that uh, the cat's name on the Rockets? Yeah, former Hawk. Yeah, they hate him with a passion. Yeah, I mean that team. A lot of people do. Despises him. The um, uh, Josh Smith. I tell you what, man, had a huge part in them in, in Houston beating the Clippers. They, uh, I think, if Atlanta and Golden State are in it, you're going to see um, 
whoever wins, the mayor of that city is going, oh, God, there's going to be so much shit destroyed and stuff on fire tonight. And I can tell you that, you know, gosh, you're, you're thinking that you know, from a TV standpoint, they want Cleveland in it just because of LeBron. They don't want Cleveland in it. They want LeBron in it. Exactly. And I'm trying to think of the, you know, on the West side, I guess you want to have the best team, not necessarily market size, but I mean, the Warriors are entertaining as hell. So oh my gosh. I think that's, that's who they're cheering for. Man, I tell you what, if the, if the Warriors could just tighten up their discipline, like in their, like, cut their Quit trying to cut their have an all-star half. Yeah. I mean, they, it, it's a, it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother story, but they, um, yeah, I, I think the, the, the Golden State would be great. I think both of them would be good. Either Golden State, just the entertainment factor. Everybody's interested. Everybody loves Steph Curry. Uh, and then you got Houston, which is now, I believe, the second largest market in the country. Uh, it can't be second. I mean, you got to have L.A. and New York fighting for number one and number two. They could be three or four. Maybe it's three. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought Have they passed Chicago. I thought, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's two or three. I think this is a recent thing. But anyway, maybe in popularity of basketball cities. I don't there, know. Um, but anyways. All right. Well, that's our take on some things that we haven't got to in a while. And uh, hopefully everybody has a safe and enjoyable Memorial Day weekend. We'll be back a couple weeks and then uh, start breaking into some uh, college football stuff. So thanks for tuning in. You want to say what? I said way too early, but we'll do it. (laughs) Well, I mean, hell, I think they've already got the uh, 2016 mock draft out. There you go. It's never too early, Beardo. All right, folks, have a good one. We'll talk to you again later. Peace out. Post game show is brought to you by Christ. I can't find it. The hell with it.